your ponytails podcast here we go Welcome to Ponytails Podcast, episode number 114. We've got Devin Pugsley in the house. So before I bring him in, um, just welcome. Yeah, if this is your first time listening, um, I am filling in for Andres today. Um, Nick Taverti here for Summer Bookman. Um, we've been doing some really cool things with this podcast. And again, if this is your first time, um, just know that you're in for some cool stories. And um, not just Devin, but everyone else who's ever been on our podcast. Um, it's, this is like their platform to just share all the coolest things they've ever done. Um, so we're excited to have Devin to come in and share what he's been up to um, since leaving the book deal this past summer. Um, if you're a loyal listener, thank you. Um, be sure to give us a review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Um, subscribe to us, follow us, uh, everything you can just to you know stay involved in this network that we're building. Because um, yeah, this, this network is building. Um, we've got Bizzler coming up in a few months. So, you know, inquire to us on how you can actually sign up for this thing. Uh, we're heading to Mexico. Um, we love our trips to Mexico, especially when, you know, all these drinks are free, quote unquote. Um, so Bizzler is an all-inclusive alumni getaway uh, from August 15th through the 19th um, this year in, in just a few months. Uh, it's $1,500, including the cost for flights. Uh, if you want to book your flight yourself, it's a little bit cheaper. Uh, but yeah, let's get you... Um, through our process, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we'll, we'll send you a Google form to fill out so you can start reserving your spot. Um, you can create a payment plan too. You know, $1,500 isn't something anybody can just throw around willy-nilly. Um, you just need to pay your initial $50 uh, to reserve your spot. So let's get you signed up today. Um, after Bizzler, um, yep, we've got the stable coming up. Um, other things with our website to make your whole experience of this podcast way more visceral. Um, ways to buy merch. Uh, ways to actually get, you know, these monthly perks, um, you know, some beverages in the mix. Uh, we've got a lot of cool things emerging. So um, as, as we bring Devin in here, a huge shout out to our sponsors. Um, Cardinal Senior Benefits is one of our favorites. Um, they've, they've just really seen what we are uh, really creating with this, um, this whole podcast. And so Quentin Roberts, um, he, he spent seven summers with the Green Book Bag with Southwestern. And uh, Cardinal Senior Benefits started four years ago uh, when Pedro Vega and Nick Dale um, got together and uh, started in the final expense life insurance industry. So they've doubled you know, or tripled in growth every single year. They're looking to double again this year. And pound for pound, um, their agency of 29 uh, book people, as well as a few other agents on top of that, um, they have the, the highest level of production per agent in the industry, in the entire country, which is awesome. Uh, so these guys do zero cold calling or prospecting. They work from a wet, uh, a fresh, warm leads where agents are able to make a healthy six-figure income just working 25 to 30 hours a week. Um, they're doing a heavy push for recruiting right now. And so there's a $500 referral bonus if you were to send someone to us um, and get you, uh, you, your friend, anybody you recommend hired by Cardinal. And uh, if we help them hire five new agents, um, one of the people referring those five agents will get a trip to Mexico. Uh, we'll get you to Bizzler. 
uh, at no cost to you. So uh, pretty awesome. Uh, feel free to recommend yourself for anyone with solid Southwestern or sales experience and uh, DM us on Facebook, Instagram, we'll get you connected. So um, our next sponsor is Will Metcher with Southwestern Consulting. Um, and if you're like me, uh, one of the biggest things that I miss about being in Southwestern is the ability to make like a, a lasting, you know, significant impact. Uh, the reason why book people are so unique, right, is because, you know, when we were college students, we were helping other college students learn the things that most people get in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, right? So if you want to be that kind of person who makes an impact on those people that are kind of in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know, be, become a sales coach. Um, work with Will. Um, everyone that he works with, you know, he's one of their most successful coaches himself, as well as Andy Laws, who works with him, uh, Daniel Burkaguero, Anthony Merkel. They're right there in a really awesome part of the, the consulting space um, where they're just crushing it. So you need to work with Will, right? Everyone of the coaches he works with has a well over six-figure income and incredible in, uh, career of lasting impact. Uh, so let's get you in touch with Will if that's something that lights your fire. So Elevate Wellness, um, we love these guys because, man, if you're like me, I go to the grocery store and I'm like, what do I pick out? Um, I know that there's such a thing as healthy groceries. I have kombucha in my cup right here, right? But uh, I also know that there's other things that I kind of cheat on and put too much added sugar in my diet. And so they're really great at breaking down what it is I should be putting on my plate. So that way I can figure out how to, you know, get a better workout in. So I would always go to the gym, not really know um, how to have progress and track progress, but they have this app that makes it all super easy. And uh, yeah, these studs, like what they do is they, they help you stay accountable to a healthy diet, a healthy exercise plan, and then actually like elevate your life through elevating your body, your mind, and your life in general with Elevate Wellness. So um, let's get you in touch with them if you're you know, wanting to take your wellness to uh, another level. And uh, yeah, we'll see y'all on Bizzler with shredded bods because of those two, right? Seth and Zane are awesome. So let's bring Devin up in here. Um, this guy is a three-summer bookman from Kennesaw State, um, an owl, uh, something of an owl himself, right? <laughs> not, not too many schools with the owl mascot, but I love uh, the Kennesaw State owls, man. It's, it's really cool to have you on. I've heard really great things about you from our uh, manager, Naomi. Um, you're, you're pretty close with Naomi, if I remember right. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, she, she says that you're just like super fun. Um, you helped write this three-legged dog book with Alex Soto. We, we highlighted some of those stories on our um, Halloween episode. And dude, you got, you know, your reputation precedes you a little bit. I know that you got a face there in the superstar book. You're a top producing book, man. You know, great work habits and, you know, great character, um, no doubt. So let's let's hear about what you're up to now. Um, you, you left the, the book field this last summer, right? How was yeah. that? It was great. I had my best summer yet. Um, and it was a very fun and eventful summer. That's when we actually made the book for that summer and it went really well. Uh, and once again, thanks for having me on here. This is uh, this is very fun. Uh, it was actually funny. I was talking to uh, Andreas's brother, Danny, when we were trying to get stories for the two three legged dog book. And he was like, you know, my brother does like something like this where he talks about these really cool stories. Like, tell us. And I was like what that's no that's crazy that's so cool that they do that um so i'm i'm honored to be here but um right now what we're doing is we took the um we took the two three-legged dog book and just kept running with it and uh decided to uh go into both of my passion and soda's passion 
which is uh, just creative works. We, uh, I, you know, I'm an artist. I've been painting since I was a little kid. Um, didn't go to school for it, but um, just really enjoyed it. And he loves to write. He does poetry. And that was one of the reasons why we did the book is because, you know, you know, we're both pretty creative guys. And we thought, you know, we want something during the summer to, have, you know, just use to be fun. So, um, you know, and also since the story behind Two Three-Legged Dogs is two dogs and it's just us two doing the company together, we're like, let's just keep the name, make it simple. Um, so right now we're primarily into art, uh, fine art. And, um, Dude, you know, that's really cool. Yeah do, you, yeah. do you have, I know that not everybody's watching us visually on YouTube or you can yeah. also watch us on Spotify now, which is pretty cool. But do you have anything that we could actually like share on the screen to showcase this work that you're doing? Yeah. I mean, right now. Why not, man? Sure. Is, it gonna, sure. is it pretty easy to pull it up? I think so. If we share my screen, I, I can pull up the downloads if uh, you want. Yeah, and I have those up right now. Yeah, let me know if you're um, if you have any struggles sharing your screen. But dude, I'd love to see it. Okay, so share screen. Uh, now I don't want to open. Can you guys see my screen now? Not yet. <laughs> okay. Awesome. How about now? This feels like a Zoom or info. Do you want to send a link on our chat there, and um, I can pull it up and share it? Sounds perfect. Yeah, I'll just do yeah, that. And so describe some of like your fine art and what what you know vibe you're going for um, as we describe it to our listeners. Yeah. So um, the art that I do and I've been doing is just stuff that I enjoy over the years. I'm an old soul at heart. I you know I listen yeah. to Johnny Cash a ton, and uh, yeah. I um, I love um, just like singers from the past and um, you know football. I'm a football player. So that's why I went to Kennesaw nice. State. So I played college football and so I, I've been doing just different stuff for like Prince, Cash, um, also football memorabilia and coaches. And um, yeah, the art that I do is very colorful. So I know that's that sounds ironic and very oxymoron when it comes to art. But um, yeah, it's very um, bright and strong in color and contrast. Is this what's on on the Instagram by chance? Yes, yes. There's only there's only three pictures on there right now, and we yeah. just got started. But yeah, if you go to Instagram, you'll see some of them already. Yeah, the show. Yeah, so it's uh, it's really cool when people break out from such a, a structured environment, like selling books. It's like there's no room for art in there. But uh, obviously, um, the job attracts. Them. This is really cool, by the way. This is very lifelike. Bear Bryant, a college football legend. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are you not a Bama fan? I'm not. I'm an Auburn fan, actually. Ah, Wardam uh, Eagle. Are you right? Right. And Air Bryant piece was my first piece that I did. And the only reason why I did it was because I was like, man, everyone loves Bear Bryant. And why sure. not make something? So. That's cool, man. So uh, did you like focus on art in in school at all or is this like an emerging passion that you've kind of realized over the years you haven't put enough attention to um sort of i mean like um what i did whenever i was in school is that whenever we had electives to choose i just chose art every time because it was something i enjoyed it was very much of like my escape from school because i was good at school i just didn't like it a lot and um yeah that, that was the reason why i just kept up with it and then in high school i took like um more advanced classes and 
But uh, when I went to college, it just didn't seem like something I was going to make a living at and kind of bought into the stigma that, you know, starving artists. So, yeah. Right. So uh, is this primarily what you're doing is, is this art is you're fine. You're selling fine art for profit and you're, you're doing pretty well at it. Or is there other ways that you're supplementing all that? Yeah. So, um, you know, learning from my dad, cause I don't think I mentioned this, but he's a book man too. He sold for seven right. summers. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I know. I know. He sold with Mark Rao too. So Dang. Let's yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. When I went to my first sales school and I was like, Mark Rao's the director of sales. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. This is gonna be a lot of pressure for me, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> learning from the best with him, he, you know, he's monopolized his business to where, you know, he recruits his agents. So we're recruiting artists as well. And the idea is to, um, turn restaurant and private business space into art space rather than just random decorations that they buy and put up there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, use like those spaces more high end cause we want to keep this art safe. Um, to just put up there and allow people to see, and then uh, gives the artists an avenue to sell their art and also get seen. Um, gives the owners decoration for their um, business, and then um, and then yeah, we help the artists uh, sell their art through our selling ability. So yeah, dude, that's so cool, man. That's uh, it's a really creative way to leverage the power of a network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're creating like a network of other artists, is what you're saying. And then you kind of, do you have like uh, network or warm based connections with these restaurants? Or are you like literally cold calling these restaurants and be like, hey, we got a bunch of artists that you can buy really <laughs> cool shit from. Let's plaster your walls with some good stuff. Is that is that how it's playing out or tell us a little more? No, I mean, uh, thankfully, um, you know, not to refer to my dad again, but he's done really well. And now he owns a brewery. So the brewery that's over in Birmingham uh, in Trustville, Alabama, it's just um, it had a lot of space that wasn't being used. And so when I whenever I did a mural for a different restaurant, I enjoyed the mural, but I didn't really enjoy the, you know, just the fact that it took a lot of time. And also as a mural, you're, you're kind of looking up the whole time and it hurts your back. And, you know, I'm an old, you know, football did a number on me. So I was like, what can I do to where I don't have to do this as my main business? And I was thinking, well, you know, if we just had art up here and on these random walls, um, I mean, that could work. And so that's kind of how the idea sprung up. And then we just kind of ran from there and used, you know, warm connections through my dad. And now we're using other connections through just like my art teacher, you know, people that I approach. So I have done some cold calling and cold knocking, which was fun. Um, And yeah, it's been working out well. Yeah, I think so. I think I like yeah. think so. <laughs> That's cool, man. So real quick, I'm I'm curious because I'm also a big fan of football. What position did you play? Um, I played D line my first four years, and then um, the weird, cool story is that um, they had a position change for O line at the last time at the last second. So the the summer before the last my last season, I switched over to O line at the last second and played O line. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, dude, working in the trenches, you're a big boy over there. How I tall was. are you? I'm six one. I'm a six one. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah, and we, we ran the triple option. And if you're familiar with the triple option, yeah. you got to move a lot. So I didn't have to be that big for the offensive line. But yeah, I was, big. Yeah. I was a little bit more beefy then. Yeah, that's cool, man. Okay. Um, so love football. Um, you, you 
you know, your art even brings attention to that. And, uh, you're kind of doing some cold calling and all that stuff. Is it all you that's, um, you know, managing these, these connections or is Alex uh, Soto, you said that you kind of work in, in tandem with him doing all this, right? Yeah. So Alex is great because, um, you know, the one thing that we realized when we were working together and, you know, how the, uh, and I'll tell the story at the end, uh, about the two, three legged dog, uh, yeah. how it came about, but to refer back to the story, that's how me and Soda kind of became like best of buds is, um, through that day that I followed him. And, um, what ended up happening is that, um, the next year we actually ran an organization together and OL together. And uh, I just found out when I was working with him, I was like, man, he, he kind of compliments me on how my strengths and weaknesses are and vice versa. Cause he's very detail oriented. He's great with numbers and also just um, sort of the mechanics and technical side. And I'm very much of this person that's like, go, go, go think of, <laughs> think of creative big ideas and then implement them. Yeah. And he, cool. and, it, and what's great is that he, you know, he tones me down a little bit. Cause sometimes I'm like, let's do this. And he's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's do this first. That's oh, a little yeah. bit more realistic and then move on. So, yeah. Dude, I love Alex. If, if y'all haven't listened to his episode, Alex is a total brain. Like he's like really cerebral in the way he processes things. And, you know, we, we talk openly about how he struggled for so long to like go out and produce and then just like this past summer drops 8,000 units yeah. almost out of nowhere, jumping like five, six thousand dollars or five, six thousand units in growth. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you, if you want to, you know, talk with a stud, um, he's he's helping people get careers now. Um, mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Thinking ahead. Um, so anyway, uh, what else have you been up to, Devin? I know that uh, being fresh from the book field, there's like certain yeah. elements of like leaving the field where you take your time. You got to like. Whoa, I need to chill out. I just worked a ton for three summers in a row. And uh, what, how has that transition, like transition been for you? And um, I mean, it's been tough. I mean, what I've realized after just keeping in contact with a bunch of other book people, sorry, book people that left this past summer, um, is that they're all kind of going through the similar, you know, sort of uh, growing pains, I guess, from the Southwestern mindset to kind of normal life in general. Um, and it's just funny because like people are kind of like, yeah, I'm struggling. And it's like, okay, good. I'm struggling too a little bit. Just a um, little bit, right? Just a little bit, you know, because when you're going at a thousand miles per hour with uh, no, yeah. And then just no stopping breaks. real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I've been doing well. I've enjoyed it a ton because um, it just, uh, the funny thing is like, for example, going back to, you know, when I'm doing business and, or I'm, I'm doing this art stuff, all of a sudden I start pulling stuff out of nowhere and I'm like, Oh yeah, that was Southwestern. Oh yeah. That was some Southwestern talk right there. And yeah. it's funny. Cause I'm like, I didn't even think about it and it just started implementing into stuff and it's helped a lot. It's helped a lot. It's part of you, man. It's in your DNA. So that's cool. It, it's it's literally in your DNA. Your father sold books for a, a, enough time that like yeah. you know, have several careers in one career right there. Uh, what was it? What transition a little bit? Like what was it like um, getting into books, knowing that your your dad has spent a lot of time with it? Um, it was I mean, it was interesting. I mean, like uh, there's a funny story behind it because he told me since I was a little kid about it. Um, I'll be honest. I tell this all to all the people I, you know, I have day two calls or anybody that asks that 
I didn't really care for it or even think twice about it because, you know, it's it you know it's the 21st century, and when your dad comes up to you and he's like, "Hey, I got this cool internship where we go door to door selling books," and it's like, ah, "That's not for me. <laughs> I don't want that." <laughs> so um, let's not do that. And that doesn't sound like the top internship in the nation, Dad. That impulsive, in fact. Right. Embarrassing. You you did what now? Right. right. <laughs> And what was funny is that um, when I played college football, he encouraged it. And I was like, I can't leave for the summer, Dad. I can't do that. Uh-oh, you're gone. What happened? I'm still here. I need to charge my laptop. Fair enough. You're good. You're good. You're good. Do you want me to continue? Yes, please. Sounds good. Um, so it was funny because um, when I was in college, he kept on and I didn't really want to do it. And then at the very uh, end, when I was about to graduate, um, you know, at the, my master's at the time, I was like, okay, we're going to get into a real job, get a career. And then he came to me again about it. And I was like, really? You seriously are pushing this book thing again? And so I, I tried to hear him out. And I was, I was getting closer and closer to saying yes. But what actually put me over the edge was like, okay, I'll match your sales if you do this. And I was like, oh. Okay, we're gonna do it. <laughs> so wow, so yeah. you had some extra pushing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I did it right after I was done with football and graduating, and wow. it was. Um, I will say, going into it, because it was actually me and my brother both doing it for the first time. Really? So okay. yeah, there was a little bit of competition there. There's a little bit of pressure over here from my dad, and yeah. uh, I was, uh, you know. And then when I found out Mark, like I said, was director of sales and. He was also the Eagle Blitz leader. I was like, good Lord, can we get a little bit of like some an, uh, ambiguity or like an animosity <laughs> or something? So that way I don't have to like be known by everybody. Um, but it was good. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm glad it happened because his insight and his um, just him being able to kind of tell me what to expect just helped a lot when I went to sales school. Now, when did your dad sell then? Like in the 80s, in the 70s? Or? Um, first year was, I think, yeah, 89. And then all the way to 96. Yeah. Gotcha. That's that's awesome. Where did your dad go to college? Auburn. Auburn. Okay. So, yep, that War Eagle uh, org right there. So, yeah, dude, who was who wound up being your, like your student manager? And how did that whole handoff um, for recruiting go? Yeah, my man, my student leader was Tessa LaPlante. Um, nice. Yeah, she, uh, her parents both did uh, Southwestern too. And um, okay. it was funny because she was sort of like a loner in the organization. She was off in Virginia um, yeah. getting an architecture degree. And yeah, love her to death. She's awesome. Yeah. That's cool, man. So where did you wind up selling that first summer? Like, how was that transition from Mississippi working with someone in Virginia, meet in Nashville and go through this? training that okay you know mark Rao knows who i am but I, I can work hard i can learn some stuff um what was it like transitioning to the book field where'd you end up selling i i ended up selling indiana um Ooh. out in the cornfields and nice. uh, yeah it was a lot of corn up there a lot of corn there's a lot of corn everywhere to be honest i didn't realize that yeah yeah i didn't you know that was one thing that i didn't realize Really, I thought in my own little bubble, I was like, ah, there's cities and then there's suburbs and, you know, those one or two farmers that farm for the rest of America. Uh <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. And uh, going out there the first time, it was really cool. It was really fun. And 
Um, the transition was it wasn't too bad. I mean, college football does a good job at making you disciplined and you know pretty pretty good at just being able to adapt to any situation. So I mean, I, I give it credit where credit's due, and it helped out with that. So that's cool. And uh, when you're out there in Indiana for the first time, I imagine um, you know it's it's not too culturally different from Mississippi, or is it? Or well, I'm from Alabama, but oh, I went, right. to went to school in Georgia. But uh, in Georgia. my bad, I'm sorry. Yeah, same difference, same difference. There's, there's, there's a weird state in between there, right? Right, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, just lump it all together, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the Midwest, just lump it together. Um, so Indiana, culturally different. Yeah, I mean. The Midwest is just culturally different. Um, you know, I think just the country in general, when you go out to meet country folk, um, it's super fun because they're usually pretty happy-go-lucky. You know, sometimes just um, simple is not the best word. But no, like, it's, it's, it's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, though. <laughs> pretty accurate, yeah. Um, it's not a great word, but it's pretty accurate. And, um, you know, but you love them to death because they're just, you know, they're super cool, super nice. So, yeah, down down earth, I like to say. Imagine my first summer, Devin, going from like the Midwest, growing up in Omaha, Nebraska, and like everybody's nice. You know that you wave as you pass people by, all that kind of deal. I go to Massachusetts for my first summer, and they're just like stone cold. You know, they call themselves mass holes for a reason. Yeah, I was actually just talking with uh, Zane Gallagher. He's he's our fitness trainer, right? Um, he also sold in Massachusetts and he's just like, I freaking hate that place. I'd never go back. <laughs> like everybody in Massachusetts that's nice is not from Massachusetts. You, you're like, wow, you're nice. Where are you from? Oh, you're from California. You're from Kansas. You know, all these people that go there tend to be happy to be there because of opportunity and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what was your experience in terms of like the, the population of people in Indiana? Was it all just mostly like townies, people who grew up there? Yeah, I mean, it was mainly just townies for where I was at. Um, it was really cool. At the end of my summer, I went to, I was staying in Bloomington near the University yeah. of Indiana. And right. yeah, and then I actually drove to my county called Bartholomew. And um, it was a military zone for the county, basically. So as I was door knocking, you could hear like jets going across the military zone, like doing gun drills or whatever they would Dang. do and just shooting off all of their ammo. And I was freaking out so many times at doors where I was like jolted and the people at the door would just be like, what's up? Like, come on. Dude, no, that's the craziest thing I've heard. <laughs> and I'm over here. Like when it first happened, I was like, did you not just hear that? And they're like, that's yeah, it's so a military funny. zone. Keep talking. What do you want? Wow. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. What? What was like the drama from your summer? Of course, there's drama in different forms. Yeah. Whether it's drama in the org, drama in your your turf, drama like in your HQ. What was like some of the the tea from that that first summer? Um. Hmm. Uh. So the very beginning of the summer, I uh. Ooh, wow. There's a photo that I I wish I brought up. <laughs> But okay. the very beginning was kind of the T is that we had a host family of a book guy from the 60s and he was pretty old. And we uh, we were going into the room and we were like, OK, so where are we sleeping? And me and this guy from Haiti and 
Josh at Hamilton and <laughs> also Austin Marsh, all four guys walk into this room. And what's funny is that the room was about the size of like maybe a big closet and had a bunk bed with pink princess comforters on both sides. And that was our two beds to fit four guys <laughs> and a kid size bunk bed and this massive black pit bull with cut off ears just sitting there waiting for us. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is not happening. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. And then I had to sleep on the top pop, top bunk bed cause I'm a big guy. And that was the only like free bed without bunking with one of the guys. And, Oh, I smacked my head on the fan pretty much every other morning when I was getting out of the bed. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, maybe TMI, but I didn't like it was so hot in that place because they were old. So I would I would have to like strip down naked and I'd be getting <laughs> I'd be getting out of the bed at 5 a 5 a.m. in the 5.45 a.m. in the morning, butt ass naked, just trying to get down into the cold shower. And it was just it wow. Was it was fun. It was fun though. <laughs> I was on the top bunk my fourth summer with Colin Appel. Um, that was a that was a fun HQ. Um, they also had a pit bull, uh, but it was just the two of us. We didn't have to squeeze like sardines, and yeah. uh, they it was in Vermont, so it was relatively cool. Um, not jealous of uh, you know hitting the hitting the head on the ceiling was definitely a regular occurrence. Yeah. Just tall people, man. We got we got to look out for it. Um, I guess to further answer your question, other than that, like, I think we would, the other problem was, is not to toot my own horn, but you know, I think because I was, had my dad in football mindset, I was doing really well at the very beginning of the summer and I was getting up on the chair when they were like, ah, what'd you do? Big dog. Oh, yeah. And, um, I was there for the first week and I was like, all right, cool. And then I was there for the second week and I was like, cool. And then I was there for the third week and I was just like, is anybody else like producing? Is anybody else doing well? And uh, I just see the like the more like people just very upset about just in general their week. And then the third, fourth week, we just had people dropping like flies, which it's pretty normal for organizations at Southwestern, to be honest, is you have those stories where it's like, hey, we had a 20 person org and now we have like a eight person org. It's yeah. more, it's more, it's easier to have that story than the opposite being true. That's for sure. Yeah. True that. I've, I've been part of a couple of those types of orgs and I've also had two experiences where the opposite was true, but uh, yeah, dude, that's uh, hmm, not very fun for a first summer to see like people you want to be friends with and see do well. And just like deuces. I suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, I mean, that was the other thing is that you're kind of like, is this normal or should be people should be quitting or not producing. And, right. you know, um, you know, it was just a little weird, but that was kind of the tea is because, you know, our student leaders were doing their best. They did their best and also yeah. were doing a fantastic job at keeping the organization fun and light together. And another organization was having a hard time as well. And so we actually joined organizations at the end, cool. which was really nice. Um, I, uh, you know, had a fun change of the HQ, which was when I met Soto and Jackson Heyman, super great guys. Jackson's working over at uh, the insurance field with David Stewart and Christian Best. Um, and then changed another HQ uh, at the end of the summer to Christian Best and Martin Polipiak. And they were awesome. And so and Naomi was there for a 
few weeks too with nice. that. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty fun. That's cool. Yeah. So you ran into some to some like longstanding established book people who, you know, it, it's so cool hanging out with those people in particular, Alex, uh, Naomi. I, I don't know. Jake is who you said you also lived with, right? Jackson Heyman. Yeah. Jackson. Don't know Jackson too much, but yeah, dude. Um, when you think back on your first summer, um, obviously it's hard, like looking back at like the, the carnage of like people not making it. Um, what would you say was like the, the really good stuff that you look back on? It's like, you know, our org was awesome for these reasons. Um, obviously getting to connect with another org and kind of have those really cool, like what was your breakfast spot like? And yeah. Um, so I mean, um, yeah, more positive side of it is that, um, the summer was, um, I mean, it was surreal. I think that's how every, a lot of people's first summer is just super surreal. Um, I love the fact that the, the people that I was working with ended up being people that I built on higher relationships with and ended up being like really good friends and had some pretty, pretty intense, but like good moments with, um, especially like Christian Best and me, um, you know, a funny, really good memory with me and Jackson. And then another great memory, obviously, that started two, three legged dogs with Soto. So I think there was just um, a lot of friendships that were started during that summer. Naomi is what well. I mean, there's so many people that like I just appreciate that I was able to like meet and bond with and, you know, have a good time. And I would say that first summer was definitely like a eye opening experience when it comes to just, OK, this is um, this is like what it's like to kind of be responsible for everything, like everything. Um, yeah, you don't work, you don't eat, you know, or yeah. you're going back home at the very least. Right? And, you know, when I was thinking, I was like, man, my dad did this for seven summers. I was like, shoot. I was like, okay, well, mad respect for him. Um, and, you know, that was another thing that happened that I wasn't expecting. I'm, you know, and is the relationship between me and him um, got a lot better and stronger because it was kind of like I was a part of this new alumni and fraternity that he was a yeah. part of. And, there are so many inside jokes that we have now to where it's, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculously good. Yeah. That's great. And your brother did it that same first summer with you, right? Yeah. Did yeah. y'all like go neck and neck? Did one of you outpace the other? Tell me about this. I'm curious. I, uh, <laughs> we were talking a lot of crap before the summer and, you know, he had done direct TV door to door sales oh. before this. So he was very confident walking into Southwestern and uh, I I was confident because of football and school and just being an older brother and uh, just the competitive edge or just the competitiveness of me is like, you're not winning. You're just not <laughs> going to win. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I definitely, I blew him out of the water. I just, <laughs> <laughs> okay. sorry, bro. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean like, but we had a great moment at the end of the summer where, you know, he was crying, I was crying, and we, you know, hugged it out and had a good time. And so, you know, yeah. it, it was good. It was good. Was that um, just his one summer? And then you were like, okay, I'll do, I'll do the rest of the the summers for us brothers. Uh, that or it was more of just um, after the first summer. I, you know, you know, after getting two degrees at Kennesaw, I was so upset because I was like, this degree at Southwestern, this degree. That Southwestern right. is way better than the two degrees I got at Kennesaw. And yeah. I got it in three months. And so I was thinking, 
you know, the amount of skills that I gained, I definitely want to see what I can gain from full-timing. And my dad had suggested full-timing because that was what he did is recruit big teams. And he right. suggested that that was an area that I could go into and, you know, experience from Southwestern side that was very valuable. So that's Dude, was that's your dad cool. like a, a full-on sales manager. He pretty much. Yeah. I mean, like he, uh, he has What's like your dad's a, name. I'm sorry. They go Tim Tim Pusley. Tim. Oh, Pusley. that's my dad's name too. Tim Tiberi. Okay. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Great dad name. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Tim's a very strong '90s, early 2000s name. Yeah. So uh, okay, so Tim was more or less a sales manager out there. Were you like always picking his brain in the postseason, or you know, postseason outside the summer, right? Yeah. Uh, tell tell us about how like. Did you like inform your recruiting efforts? Because you full-timed right after your first summer, it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. How did that play out? I know that I full-timed and I recruited less people than when I was in schooling. <laughs> Frustrating. Yeah, isn't it funny how that works? Um, so um, it went well. I mean, like I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't know if I was going to stay at Kennesaw where yeah. I was going to be a lone ranger the whole time. Um, but thankfully, Amy Pagosi, love her to death second mom super awesome she uh she was like you're gonna go to florida state and i was just like all right amy let's do it i don't care uh florida state sounds cool and it was funny enough that's where my dad full-time recruited at one point so um yeah it was a lot of fun that's where the other chapter of southwestern went and that's where i made a lot of great relationships with some guys uh, you know she <laughs> you know a lot of times with book people you rough it you know you just you kind of do things that people on the couch here and there, you know, I get it. Get rent here, 30 bucks a week from the couch, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. You know, and whatever. Um, and so I lived with Ivan and my dog um, okay. in this, like Danny, Danny Navarez lived here too. So he can attest with just the sliver of bed and room that we had in his apartment. And uh, yeah, roughed it out there for a full timing year. And it was great. Uh, that was right when COVID hit and me and Ivan got really close there too. And it was fun. Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah. So you, your first summer in 2019, um, I, I'll tell you, man, like my first and second summer were the last summers before like the transition to tablets. Right. And so I'm like, oh. the next transition was the transition from pre COVID to post COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was living with some book people, uh, book people in Colorado, shout out Shane Blick and, and, and friends. Um, I was able to like see intimately what was going on in that transition to like doing everything virtual. And then they had like virtual sales school and then they had like in-person sales school. What was your experience, you know, having such a stark contrast between your first and second, like just your sales schools? Um, well, we had virtual sales school for two weeks yeah. and that was, that was great and a nightmare at the same time. Right? I've heard. It was much more. Yeah. Like, I mean, like to Southwestern's credit, they were doing the best and they did an amazing job at responding to COVID better than 90% of the companies, in my opinion, during oh, COVID. Yeah. Um, but that's Southwestern for you. They find a way and figure it out as soon as something happens. Um, but <laughs> just the cold calling that we were doing and just the different stuff, like we called our HQ of, I think it was six guys seven guys all in this like home for two weeks straight so 
you know, we called it dog house and it the was dog house, dog okay. house for sure. And it was funny because like every morning I had like my routine, which was, you know, I, I, um, uh, I think I'm saying this name, I should know the not, name of the song by heart, but take me home by John Denver. Um, okay. country not, road, country road. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I would blare that everybody else would love it, take their cold shower. And then we played like, you know, metal music in the morning to get ready for our full calling. And what was funny is that like the first few days it went like that and we were using our cold calling and then we kind of ran out of names to call and just people to contact because we just had long scheduled days like the Southwestern schedule, but yeah. not enough work to do it. And it was funny because me and Jackson at the time were the student leaders of the house and we were like, all right, so how, how do we get them to work? And like, how do we how stay do we, busy? Yeah. How do we stay busy. Like I'm, I'm at two o'clock and I got nothing. Um, no names, no demos, no nothing. Right? <laughs> so we walk out of the room after discussing this, and they're just on the phone in the couch. They're all on the phone calling, and we're like, "Who are y'all calling? Y'all just said you didn't have anybody." And they're yeah. like, "We're we're going from all the way from like the nine 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 digits in the phone book, and just going all the way through and." We were like, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. And then one of them was just being a goon and just started <laughs> lying through his teeth like the boiler room. And I'm like, no, 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 oh don't do that. Don't do that. So it was, it was funny, but like I said, it was sort of a nightmare at times. But yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. Okay, I mean, two weeks that that shaved off quite a bit because then you had like a shorter sales school or whatever. Yeah. I just remember hearing that like everybody's summer for the last two summers was like cut real short. Um, was that the same case with you? I mean, was it um, easy for you to, to grow or did you like, what was your experience um, with the COVID situation? I mean, the COVID situation, it was, it was interesting. It, COVID helped. Um, I think it helped a lot with the sales. It just hurt uh, a good bit for recruiting because, sure. you know, whenever you're talking to, uh, you know, a, a kid and you're like, Hey, are, are you in this? Are you going to do this for your summer? it doesn't really come across as serious. And also it's hard to get that emotion to you through the screen rather than in person. But during the summer, it helped a lot with sales because all these moms and dads were like, I don't have any clue what common core math is. Mm -hmm. And the need was just very easy to fill. Very yeah. easy. To fill. So Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I didn't get to miss any weeks cause you know, I wasn't in school. So I just kept selling. There you go. Yeah, dude. Um, you do a great thing, right? And it's pretty clear, especially when people are at you know a certain point clamoring for it. I mean, there's yeah. been individual um, records broken as well as like like per rep production like has really gone up over the past like year in particular. Um, yeah. What what would you would you like attribute it to? Just like the need being that much more evident, or is there like new ways that you know the sales talk is being delivered or same sample book, right? As yeah. far as I know, for yeah. the last like 10 years. I think it has a lot to do with, um, I mean, I mean, at least from what my dad, funny enough, my dad followed me my first summer. He went out there and he followed me for good old time's sake. And there's a no, funny so story. Cool. Yeah. Funny story behind that. And we did a whole executive exercise in the morning, but what he said, and I, and I, yeah, I know. And I agree with him is that, 
um, he just said, he's like, man, you guys have a lot more books to sell. Like you have a lot more books to drop in a package mm -hmm. than what we did. Um, so I think that has something to do with it. You know, I, I think it also has to do with the fact that since you have more books to offer, then you have more referrals and leads to go to. So, mm. you know, you have a lot more of a market, you know, in that sense to kind of sell more books. So, so that's I think super that interesting because, uh, first of all, like the, the difference between you and your dad is obviously staggering, right. In terms of like the, the experience you had with Southwestern of more products, more of this, more of that, more everything. Mm -hmm. um, but like I was, I was selling those same products, bro. Uh, we got rid of the CDs my second okay. or third summer, right? No okay. more CDs. Fair enough. And, you know, CEA and, um, you know, all the kids' books and uh, most of the apps and stuff to kind of bring it all to life was pretty much getting its foundational uh, setup um, in my last years. Um, and so what I am curious about, like, again, is like, especially 2020, 2021, it, it just seems like, you know, having the same products, but finally people are like, no, I actually need that. And so right. like, oh, we're all set. My kids get straight A's, you know, all that. So I guess and you made a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, I think I think one, you, there has to be credit to give into the Europeans. The Europeans have done a great job at just kind of breaking a lot of belief barriers for people on the American side. Um, you know, when you have a European coming over and selling and beating all the Americans, you're kind of like, well, I mean, shoot. No offense to the Europeans, but if he can talk in English sort of in that accent and get across to some country folk what he's doing and effectively and then drop $1,200 worth of books at the end of a 30-minute sale. Or, I mean, for them, it's like an hour or two, but you know what I mean. Right? Sure. <laughs> um, then I, I mean, shoot, I can do it too. And yeah. so I think they started figuring out a lot of different stuff that they gave to Americans to help the, uh, to help us. So uh, I think that helped a lot. I think also, um, you know, once you start having, because if you look in the superstar sales book, um, the more you have 10,000 unit producers or high producers, um, then everything else just kind of follows. You just start having a lot more people who um, just start believing it more. They just start doing it. Um, you know, Mark Rell said it a lot of times where he's like, hey, like we have three 10,000 unit producers now. I guarantee you there's going to be another uh, five of y'all or eight of y'all next year. And there was, and then it just continues to keep going and going. And, you know, when like 23 this past year, right? Yeah. Something crazy. Um, and so, you know, I, I think when you have that many 10,000 unit producers, that means you have that many more people seeing how to sell 10,000 units when they're, uh, when they're following them and stuff. So, yeah. So shout out to the, the people who get those green jackets, right? Yeah. You know, they give those cool jackets for hitting that number. Um, okay, so real quick, I'm, I'm going to um, want to dive back into your um, story about your dad following you on the book field. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, uh, shout outs to our sponsors. Um, we've got, um, in addition, uh, Martin and Lucas. Um, these, you know Martin and Lucas, yeah. right? Yeah, so these guys, DJs of the, the coolest type, right? When you're trying to throw a party, you're trying to throw something that's unforgettable, right? You're not trying to throw a lame party, are you, Devin? No. Not at all, right? <laughs> so um, what these guys do is they, they have like a really high music IQ is how they describe it. So like if you're celebrating someone like your wedding day, a trip to Mexico, an awards banquet or anything, you need to hit up Martin and Lucas because um, DJs in general have a bad rap for charging too much for like questionable music sets. Right. Yeah. So with these guys, 
Um, they have countless playlists, right? Country, EDM, rock, 90s music, 2000. They even, even got Baroque music, if you're interested in throwing a little, okay. you know, <laughs> you're just looking up on Spotify. But anyway, um, anything that you're trying to do to fit, fit your vibe, um, you know, they're book people, so they're trustworthy, they're reliable and affordable. And uh, so ball out on a budget with these guys and we'll get you in touch with Martin and Lucas, whatever you got going on. Um, yeah. Love those two. Um, in addition to them, we've got Pat Roach with Southwestern Real Estate. So um, what he kind of noticed is that um, it's kind of crazy, Devin. I don't know if you've really been able to check this out, uh, but there's a ton of really lucrative industries um, from real estate insurance and solar and, and beyond. But so many of these industries have mediocre standards, right? Mm -hmm. So real estate is one of those where for the most part, like 95% of all registered agents fall off within like a year or two after getting registered. So okay. here comes here comes Pat Roach, right? Who's like, I'm gonna totally flip the script, right? So in the last 15 years, he's grown Southwestern real estate to be that complete opposite where they've had 95% of their agents stay with the company and make six figures and you know have a, have a great a, a career in real estate. So it's too good of an industry to mess up, Pat said. So that's why Pat and his team flipped the script, built in the best of the Southwestern culture, um, and made their job as being experts in the field, um, you know, so that way they can actually like as experts with real estate, help all of their clients have a, a very drama free experience. Right. So real estate has been crazy lately, but with Pat and his team, they are 99% drama free. So if you want to work with Pat, um, let's get you in touch with him. Um, he's one of our favorites that we've been working with for the past year so. Um, Cardinal Senior Benefits, again, we love giving them their shout out because they're doing so well, man, that they're investing in all, all these ad spots here. It's, it's awesome. I love chatting about them. Um, so some of their top agents from the past week, um, most of them have averaged like $10,000 or um, $15,000 gross income for a week. And three of those six agents grossed over $10,000 in back-to-back-to-back weeks. So imagine making well over $30,000 in three weeks. Uh, John Mark, number one. And earning $22,000 in his best week ever. Nate Alberts, $15,000. You know, Michael K, $14,000. Greta, Greta Huerta, we love giving her a shout out. Um, in 20 hours worked on the field, uh, she made over $12,000. Check out our episode number 85. Um, and all these other people, Chris Pierce, Aaron Shipman, shout out for uh, being awesome on the insurance field. Um, so like we were saying, these people work uh, warm mail-in leads. And so that's why they're able to consistently, you know, produce these $10,000 um, uh, weeks. Um, so super badass, not to mention um, the eight summer bookman Nate Alberts, for getting out there and leading, leading from the front as well. So if these numbers are appealing to you, um, or if you know a former book person who may be looking for something new, um, or they're just unhappy with their current job, right? Cardinal is hiring, big shocker, right? So for the next few weeks, um, we're going to be given, you know, a $500 referral bonus for anybody that you send through, excuse me, <coughs> Woo. sorry, sorry. If you send someone to us and we send them to work with Cardinal and they, they get hired on and, you know, sign paperwork and get uh, licensed as an agent, it's $500 to you and uh, DM us directly on Facebook, Instagram. We'll get you in touch with those guys. Um, so, yeah, um, we also can't forget about Thought Leader. Um, so Dylan Barr is an awesome, awesome bookman who spent... Um, I think it was like five, six summers on the book field. He, he got really good at uh, just kind of like synthesizing ideas and just recently got hired at Thought Leader 
after spending a few years at another company where um, he was like director of sales for helping people write books. Now he's helping people write TED Talks. And so what's really cool about what he does is that like, you ever thought about what it takes to, to land a TED Talk, a TEDx talk? Yeah. Call, Kevin? Do you know what's involved in that? No, not at all. Oh, all good. So what they do, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what Dylan has a job for. So um, what they do is they're looking for one or two people here listening to the show um, to make somewhere between 130, 150,000 per year. Uh, what Thought Leader does is they, they like, as an online education company, help people figure out, hey, you want to land a TED Talk? Um, we'll help you figure out how to pick the right TEDx talk, you know, whatever place or city it's, it's going to be held in and how to actually present your passions, your dreams. Um, they've helped over 400 people successfully land talks. And so they need your help. So that way, um, you know, they're partnering with us to, to help them fill out these certain these, these certain roles. And okay. so they don't spend any money on advertising. They really don't have to. Uh, but they know that there's awesome book people out there that are perfect fits for just helping people, you know, puke a little bit. Like, tell me, tell me about your dreams. What are you trying to do? You know, PC them a little bit. And then be like, okay, you can turn this into a TED Talk. And we're going to help you do every part of that process. Um, and so um, basically, if you want to help set appointments of people to talk with a closer, they have appointment setter closer model. Um, so that way you can see anywhere from $50,000, $75,000 a year plus commissions or $130,000 plus um, in some of their other roles. So standards okay. are high. That's why they're looking for Southwestern alumni, right? So um, for the right person, this could be a really awesome, life-changing opportunity. Um, Dylan's loving working with them um, because uh, you know, just what they do is so awesome. So um, if you want to help people land some TED Talks, maybe you can work with Dylan. That'd be awesome. There's his email, db at thought hyphen leader.com Dylan Barr. I uh, love working with him. So um, shout out to those guys and shout out to your dad, dude, like getting out in the book field is uh, it's kind of a triggering experience. And your dad's like, I'm going to do it again, you know, 20, 25 years after the fact. And what was his experience of following you on the book field? Like, um, well, we had a, uh, a great weather day. It was raining all day that day. And, um, you know, we did the whole executive exercise in the morning and we got going and, you know, I could just tell he did was he get into it. Did he get into those? Exercises? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, my dad's a oh, yeah. my dad's a goofball. I mean, just like <laughs> it doesn't fall far from the tree over here. Uh, Fair enough. And, uh, you know, we were out there and what was funny is that he had to wear a poncho and his poncho that he brought was this big old he's six four. He's a big guy, like 280. And so he was wearing this big old yellow poncho. So I was making jokes the whole time that I was like, yeah, I got Big Bird over here. And then, you know, <laughs> me right here talking to people. And I did the whole, uh, the classic prank where, you know, you're at the mom and you're like, you know, he has something to tell you. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was looking at his freaking phone on the book field that, as soon as I did that, he just looked up and he was like, um, books. And he just, he just butchered it. And it was with an old lady too. So he had nothing to say. Right. And, um, yeah, it was just it's fun. so funny. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was, it was really cool. I mean, you could tell at the end of the day, near the end of the day, he was like, 
okay, so we need to end this. <laughs> like this yeah, was right. fun, but I am not. <laughs> I didn't want to come back, um, but I'm here for you and support. And I'm like, I appreciate it. Um, this was cool. Is that like in the middle of the summer? It was near the end. It was the very end. Yeah. So gotcha. it was good. Yeah, man, that's that's super funny. Um, when you look back on any of you know your your southwestern career, whether it's that first summer, your dad following you the last few weeks, or um, second summer, and you know we haven't really talked too much about second and third, but what are some of your standout stories from you know your all time story list? Story list. Um, okay, so we had. My second summer, this is when I, this is probably one of my favorite, I mean, there's three, there's not a lot, but very, very memorable summer was working with Soto and OLing with him. And we have a great story where he was supposed to book our hotel for all of our guys and girls. And um, he was going to get a meeting room and he was like calling the person up and they talked and they're like, yeah, we got a meeting room. And so we booked the hotel and it was pretty cheap and we wanted to keep it cheap and we get there and it's, uh, it's called Oyo and, Oyo. Um, Oyo. Oh, no. oh no is Oyo. Okay. <laughs> that was the, that was the theme of the, or the motto of the summer because when we got there, it was like worse than motel six. Oh. It was, oh, it was bad. And then when he walked up to the front lady desk and was like, Hey, where can we do this meeting room? Where's the meeting room? She's like, yeah, it's it's out on the patio where the bar is. And we're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> we can't take our first years there. And they're like, but they have great deals. They have great deals. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is not going to work. And I didn't have a wonderful happy hour with the first years. <laughs> right. At the very beginning of the summer. So, you know, stick, you know, cutting it off short. But it was funny because I was trying to be positive. I wasn't going to say anything to them. And um, funny enough, too, before we even got to talk, there was like freaking drug deals happening in the middle of the parking lot. And so finally, <laughs> he takes me to the side and he just looks at me and he's like, I think I made a boo-boo. Uh, I made a mistake. Oh, yo. Oh, no. I was like, you damn right you made a mistake. You, and I was like, look where you put us. And we were worried that the first years were going to look at us like, this is unacceptable. We can't do this. But we made fun of we made fun of the place and also just made the most just like any book person would. And we did all of our stuff outside in the parking lot. And yeah, it was funny, but it was good. It was good. So that was, was that at? say what? Oh, it was in uh, Missouri, Missouri, misery, misery. Okay. Yeah, I, I am used to southern heat in the south. Yeah. But one thing that I've never experienced is Missouri summer. And I don't think I'll ever want to experience it again because it beat the South when it came to how hot it was. Cause really, well, in Missouri, what people don't realize is like, it, it's, I think per capita has the most water or like Lake or something in it. I forget the stat, but point is, is that it's a bunch of water and the so it's humid. So not just that, the plants around you are like thickets. It's like you can't even see 10 feet in front of the forest because it's that thick. So yes, not yes, yeah, very humid, very hot. And was yeah, this like was, southern Missouri, like towards the Ozarks? Yeah, I was near the Ozarks. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, I, I haven't spent much time in that part of Missouri. I've been in like northern Missouri where it's like cornfields and like spread out, you know. So that's that's what Nebraska is to me, of course, right? Yeah. 
people people sleep on how hot it gets in the midwest in general like it stays humid too like doesn't even need to have a ton of bodies of water but when you have a ton it's even worse right so yeah it's pretty hot summer then huh that yeah. second summer and so um i don't know this so the second summer was great in that sense and how crazy it was and we uh, <laughs> the thing that me and Soto always joked about is that our recruiting class, we both had we just we recruited a bunch of really solid guys and girls, but they weren't really, let's just say, high tier. They weren't, so, all there, they, they weren't were all there, there, but they weren't all there. You know? It's like that Christmas movie where it's like the broken toys and everything. It's like they're good. They're like, we're here. Like, let's bring them in. And it was funny because throughout the summer you know you naturally have people that quit and stuff yeah. and we were at week seven no one's quit everyone's still there but we're not producing a lot it's so <laughs> like no we're gonna turn these average joes into something and we had like only two two people quit and we, they didn't even quit we had to send them home and well, there we, you were, go. we were very proud of that because uh i think we just built a really great culture that's that's actually the shirt i was wearing today because you know it was easy to wear and it's a comfy shirt but yeah uh jackson Heyman, the other guy shout out to him he's the one that made it and uh we we were called the dark side uh, nice yeah Which yeah reference let's go so um we, we were called the dark side and you know we uh we had like a chant and everything i did a lot of i took a lot of football stuff and threw it in there and they loved it um and yeah it was just funny and what was funny about it too and this is a little bit less pc but the funny thing is that me naomi jackson and um soto i guess you can't even really consider soto to be white but everybody else was a minority you know either hispanic (laughs) or black and we didn't even realize until the end of the beginning of the summer we were like wait did we just call our name the dark side? <laughs> like, this doesn't look so good. And we were Ooh. like, oh, they love it. So we're going to keep it and just That's keep going. Hilarious. So. I think I can't remember if it was Naomi or Alex who told me that, but I just thought that was the most hilarious thing. Oh, man. So um, everyone kind of struggled to produce. Did people like come back for that third summer years? Yeah, we had a, a good amount of people come back for the third summer. Um, How many people did you recruit that second summer? I, I recruited I recruited eight guys, uh, eight guys and girls. So, yeah, I had a, a team of eight, which was good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I had two return. Yeah, two return for the next summer. And I had uh, one of them, you know, like they were one of the two that we had to send home. But. All in all, yeah, it was a great, it was a great summer. Great guys and girls. I, uh, Jeremy Barrios, he's he's still over at Southwest, and he's a part of that crew. Um, and so it was cool. Cool. So you you kind of had this notion going after every summer, like, yep, I'm doing this again. Yeah, and this is what was it more of like the this is what Dad did, so I'm just trying to you know compete with Dad or my myself yeah. or. Now I mean, like making. So I will say what. What played into your decision making to stick around for at least like that third summer? Um, I just felt like I left some stuff in full time recruiting that I wanted to get better at. And I also wanted to do I mean, I had made up my decision at the end of the second summer that my next one was going to be my last one. I had already kind of made up my mind that that this was going to be it. Um, 
And glad to you go honest, all in on it, right? Right, right. Uh, I'm glad I did because to it was a rough full timing year. The next year and a rough. It was my hardest summer this past summer, um, for sure. Um, and then you know, if I'm being honest, my dad was kind of like, maybe you should like not go for a third summer. And I was like, wow, okay, you really don't want me to do a third summer? And he's like, I mean, like you can, but I don't, I don't think it's you could move on from now from Southwestern. And I was just like, okay, well. I'm going to make my own decision on this one and go for a third summer. And I'm glad I did because that's when we wrote the book, me and Soto did. And that's kind of how we're working together now. And I'm very glad that I stuck it out because it wouldn't have ended up happening if we did. So, yeah. Love it, man. And uh, so you had your first summer that was in, gosh, where did you say your first summer was? I'm sorry. Indiana. Indiana. Yep. And then you went over to Misery. Misery. Yeah. Where where was that third summer? Third one was in Wisconsin. Gotcha. Midwestern AF, man. That's yeah. so funny. You know, I was up in New England and you're coming up to the Midwest. What was Wisconsin has like that, the thick accent that it's like, oh, we're, we're somewhere different right now. Oh yeah. You, you're here, here. And like, oh, you came <laughs> and turned the wrong direction. And I was like, yeah, I took a right, took a left. And now I'm here. Um, That's so funny. No, Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin. Wisconsin is awesome. That place yeah so what'd you say sorry you broke up sorry uh, you can hear me now cool yeah i've heard great things uh from anyone who sold books in wisconsin that it's like their favorite state to sell in because everyone's so nice you know handing out beers and you know talking in a funny accent so yeah i mean beer cheese and brats it really is beer cheese and brats up there it's it lives to the height um it's super green like it's ridiculously green um which i loved it was kind of like alabama but of the midwest and north like it they <laughs> love they love their food they love their football oh, they yeah. love sports and so i was just like man i feel like i'm home but you know better because it's not as hot it's wisconsin and this yeah. is cool. so um wisconsin i want to go to one of their uh Badgers football games at the stadium. You, you want to go with me? Sometime? I'm down and give me a date. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, if my if Nebraska, my team is playing them this year at Camp Randall Stadium, you're you're de- you're like so there. Uh, we're gonna get murdered again. We always lose. We're not super great at football, but I still love my Huskers. Um, where where in uh, Wisconsin did you sell? Was it around Madison or kind of like north? It was. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was. I think it was north of Madison. Yeah, I mean, it was about an hour away from Madison. Yeah. Amen. Deep in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was, uh, how did it compare to your other states? Um, I mean, it was a summer. It was, it was just like any <laughs> summer. It was just like any country folk that's out there. They're really cool and everything. I will say Wisconsin has a little bit more of like, like they live up to more of that Southern hospitality. That was another reason why I kind of, it's not Southern. I know that, but like, Relating back to Alabama, it was very much of like, wow, these guys are all nice and like homebodies and they want to offer me beer all the time and food and cheese curds. And so I was I was enjoying it. Yeah, man. What was the standout story? What was like the drama, the standout stuff from that summer? <sighs> drama standout. Oh, let me think. Um, There's always drama with the, uh, South when you're running a Southwestern org, right? 
Right. Like, I mean, if you're not having drama or a story and stuff and during your summer, then you weren't, you weren't working hard enough or you weren't, you weren't doing Southwestern then. Um, Even then there's like drama that pulls up from just like the shame and more on that later. But yeah. What was it from Wisconsin for you? Wisconsin. Um, You know, I, I had been going through a lot of um, transitional changes in my life, you know, when it comes to health and just mental health. And I would say that, you know, when you're going through those like different mental health changes and you go into a summer, it just starts exposing everything. And it just starts like putting a lot of pressure on you. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, one thing I kept telling my dad, I was like, man, I just feel vulnerable. I feel very like open. Like I'm getting like back in the past two summers, I was able to kind of block all this out. I was able to kind of just put the blinders on and just numb numb just keep going keep going but it just seemed like everything was just hitting me at full force when i was during that summer and it was different it was nothing i had experienced in the past two summers and i was you know also facing the whole fact that's like hey this is your last summer you know you know that in the back of your head the whole time and then you're just kind of thinking you know do i want to go as hard as i've been going and you're like, well, why not? If you're going to be out here, you might as well do it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that was just the reason why it was so hard and why it was my hardest summers because, you know, the past two summers, it was easy for me to just kind of go tunnel vision and hit it full gas and go. And this summer, it was very much of like, I was kind of like working with an open wound in a sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's some real talk right there, man. I, I've talked with Alex at length about kind of like how he's dealt with similar wounds on the book field. And he shares some out in his, in his episode um, for you, when you talk about that, like I, I get the sense of like when I'm in a door to door setting, especially when I was in my last summer um, and just feeling like, you know, I was in that fishbowl, right? Everyone's like, this is the guy who's casing houses. This person's terrible. Like, and you always have to like fight an uphill battle to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ah, cut me open. And like, I'm just trying to help you. And you're like telling me no. Like that's, you know, when the rejection gets personal without it, even like it's sneaky like that, right? You don't, you don't consciously you're like, yeah, I'm going to take this rejection personal right now. Right. And then you sit on a corner and cry. No, it's like <laughs> you're trying to do your best to keep your head screwed on and, you know, keep that direction of like, hey, I, I'm just trying to move forward. And then the doubt kind of strips it away and like all these little other things of, you know, it's your last summer or, you know, the first year quit or, you know, all these things that kind of compile one on top of the other. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, maybe I'm misremembering something. I feel like you were in the superstar book this past year. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've been in this, not to blow my ego up, but yeah, I was, I've been in the superstar every, every summer every for year. my three yeah. summers. Um, you know, I, like I said, I had my best summer. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, um, you know, I give credit to the book that me and Soto wrote because I was, you know, that was, you know, I read that every morning. Right. Right. I read that every morning and I was like, you know, if I don't do well this summer, at least I wrote a book. (laughs) Like at least I I did something that was kind of cool. Um, and you know, I, I, other people in Eagle Bliss were reading it too. So that was a big motivation and confidence right. boost. So um, there was that. There's my dad that helped me kind of walk through that. I mean, I called him every, you know, t- chance I got when it was getting rough. And, you know, yeah. I think, um, you know, the guy that I recruited, Justin Lindholm, who was, um, you know, he was a big help because, you know, the drama that happened as well was, 
me and him were in our HQ. And then the first guy that came there, he quit within three days of being there. Mm. Um, and the third day was his first day actually working and he quit within noontime. And we were like, dude, Jeez. dude, get out of here. <laughs> like, you just get out of oh, here. Man. We didn't say that. We, not I, even I, that mean up here in Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, didn't even, you didn't even work two goal periods and you're quitting. Jeez. Yeah. And he saw me have like one of my best days uh, on there. And I was just like, yo, like if I can't prove to you that you can do this and you quit within two periods, you need to get out of here. Um, I didn't say that, but like, you know, I wanted to. Um, right. And um, and then we had another guy come in. He quit within another two weeks. So me and you know me and Justin were kind of thinking, is it us? You know, are we the ones that are scaring him off? And, <laughs> That's and then, a real legitimate concern sometimes, man. I, I know uh, it. So so it was. A, we were kind of like we're the common denominator, and um, and so he helped. He, I mean, he helped in the sense that he was a cool, great first year. He worked really hard. His dad sold books as well, um, cool. so he, he understood it. And um, me and him just were kind of bonding in the sense that we're the only ones at this HQ that like to stay and be here and work. And so yeah. that was super helpful. And um, you know, it was a great HQ as well. The <laughs> the Stacks. I don't you probably I don't know why I mentioned their name like you know them, but they're amazing family up in Wisconsin. That oh. Uh, Oh gosh, uh, what's what's the what's your first name? Abigail Steck or what's? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember coming across. I never worked with this person. Probably saw her at uh, like a GRS too, and that's it. But uh, yeah. that's cool. Look at that so, network. Let's go. <laughs> cool, yeah, right. <laughs> and um, you know, and then I mean, other than just normal COVID drama from still going on that was about it i think there was just a bunch of at the time it wasn't just COVID. it was a lot of riots that were going mm-hmm. on over in milwaukee and was, was uh, that 2021 i mean it's just this past year yeah so 2020 yeah because okay. yeah, i remember that like what happened in milwaukee had like an extended life because there was like stuff that happened in 2020 and then again in 2021 with riots and yeah yeah very dude i can only imagine what it would what a what it would have been like to sell emotional sales of like your kids and their education. Well, you know, there's all this stuff going on politically, you know, people burning down cities, people, you know, concerned about, you know, issues, you know, structural issues with the world. It's like, what kind of world am I bringing my kids into on a daily basis when I drop them off at school? Dude, like that's, that's again, it's, I'll bring light to it. It's a really cool thing that you got to do past couple of years for, for all those families. That's, that's awesome, man. Appreciate so walking away from the book field, like what were some of like the thesis takeaways um, that, you know, like when you're talking to somebody who's like, oh, should I do the whole Southwestern thing? You know, we, we, we usually feel like one or two of those really nice ones. Yeah. Um, just be like, oh, yeah, just work hard and you can achieve your dreams. <laughs> and, you know, self-talk and schedule and surround yourself with good people. But like none of, none of those types of answers. Yeah. But like what, what are some of the, the takeaways from your time? Yeah. Don't give you, don't give you something that you can put on a poster yourself. Um, so I, um, I would say some of the biggest takeaways were, you know, when I tell people about it, like, I mean, it's not a sales company, it's a self-development company. It's, mm. um, you know, very, you know, stress on the self part. Cause it's you a lot of the times that's figuring that stuff out sure. and doing it. But thankfully Southwestern gives you a lot of like 
shortcuts and tools to, you know, maximize on that self-development. Um, you know, the other thing that I would say Southwestern is just, um, you know, you talk about confidence, but it's like confidence can be something that you were born with, or you can learn it for yourself and, you know, get, you know, gain it by through practice and just, you know, the things that you earn through, uh, Southwestern. And I think that was something that, uh, a lot of people, you know, come away from Southwestern. And what I tell them is that, you know, you're, you're going to walk out into the world knowing that you did something and you don't deserve anything less than the best or what you want. And so I think that's, that's something to be said is because, you know, when you go out to the real world, I say the real world, but you know what I mean? Like Bookfield, it feels, it's like its own little universe. <laughs> it's, it's a submarine under the ocean and yeah. you're like seeing a totally different world on earth, you know, in the deep ocean. <laughs> that's how I, that's how Grant Greeter always talked about selling books. He's like, I'm going underwater for three months and I see okay. nothing above, above land. Right. Okay. I like that. That was pretty good. Um, so, I mean, those are some key points. And then, um, you know, you just learn how to talk to people and get them from point A to your point B. Um, and I think that's something that's invaluable because people just don't, people in general love to procrastinate. They love mm -hmm. to, you know, they love to procrastinate. They love to make sure that they give themselves enough time. They love giving excuses. Mm -hmm. And so it just teaches you how to, work with people and work with them in a genuine way. And um, I mean, I, I like the fact that it allows you to just um, take that to, to your career because most of the time it's from college to career and you're right. learning at an early age. And like you said, I think at the beginning of this podcast, you know, stuff that you get, the people get at the thirties, forties, fifties, you're learning in college. And um, you know, like when you walk in into an interview or people are talking to you, you know, they know nothing about Southwestern unless you've done Southwestern. And it's hard to be like, yo, I'm kind of, I'm hot shit. Like I did Southwestern, but you have no clue what a unit is or, or what. Uh, I owe you NITS because you are your units, right? Yeah. And, um, but you know, you, you can tell that there's something different about me and all the other people um, that you're trying to consider for this job. And the reason why you can tell that is because I developed it at Southwestern. I was able to form that. So, um, yeah, there's other things. There's other great things. Uh, the only other thing I think I can take away, the probably more important than all of that, is just, you know, the people that you get to work with at Southwestern. It's kind of like it, it's a good weeding out process of the, you know, you can call the bullshitters, the, the, the say I'm going to say this, I'm going to do this. And you actually get to work with people that say what they're going to do and do what they say. And I think that's, you know, that's hard to come by, especially now. Yeah. So, yeah. And when you, when you like spend time with people so focused on that action and like doing what they say they're going to do, you also wind up dealing with people who have like higher standards in general. Yeah. Right. Um, that's, that's like the whole habits thing that we're always like preaching to first years in the business of like, Hey, you know, be on top of your sleep schedule your poop schedule, like your reading schedule, your eating schedule, like all these things that build the foundation of a well-lived full life, right? That, uh, you know, I remember being a manager and always asking first years, like, what'd you learn this summer? And it was like, there's a lot of hours in a day, you know? Yeah. Most of the time, 
college kids are taking naps at, you know, 2, 2 p.m. or something like that. And no, you're just struggling to, you know, get to the next house to set up a good gravy in the book field, right, at 2 p.m. So there's, uh, there's a lot of really cool parts of the character that get developed um, through that crucible of like, yeah, we've got a, a rigid schedule. We've got habits. We've got like a, a self not just a self-talk, you know, they give you pointers on that, but a sales talk that, dude, there's so many people whose minds are like morphed around, hey, if you want this, you can do this. If not, like, that's okay too, you know? And like yeah. that, that buying atmosphere is like, again, part of our DNA. It's part of who we are as people. Um, like you also talked about how people love to procrastinate when we're selling them something. Um, what we do is like, we snap them into focus, right? That's, that's like what's really cool of doing so many presentations is you're literally just grabbing attention all summer long. You're just like, hey, I don't care, lady, if you're not interested, just look at this and then you'll you'll know for sure if you're interested, right? Right. Um, and it's 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 such a um, it's a hard thing to do, man. And uh, shouts out to everyone getting ready to to go sell books this summer. Yeah. Uh, like my roommate Bryce and a few other people that I'm close with. So. Um, how does it feel seeing um, people go out for the summer, but you're not, Devin? Um, uh, refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's not the right word, is it? Um, so, no, I, I, um, it's one of those things where it's kind of like football for me. Uh, whenever I was playing college football, um, it was, I mean, like, the cool thing about college football at Kennesaw State, what we did is that we started a football program from scratch. They didn't have one. And Ooh, so yeah. the work ethic was ungodly. It was bad. Like it was it was rough. Um, let's just say that. Like for a whole season, we practiced without playing a game because you know they don't allow you to just jump into a season. Yeah. And um you were at the yeah, start we, start, bro. That's crazy. What year was that? 2014. 2014. Okay. Cool. So, you know, we, uh, our coaches were, you know, th their jobs are to build a whole football team and get it ready within a year and start a, you know, their careers are on the line. And so, um, it was cool because, you know, we, um, we broke the D one football record for the most wins for a startup program. We nice. won two conference championships, Dude. but you know, throughout all of those, like, you know, years that we were doing it, there was a lot of people that came in and came out. Yeah. And there's a lot of close friends that I got to see and made friends with that quit. And it was just kind of like when they quit, I was like, Hey, I get it. Like, I don't know. Like, well, not quit. I guess move on. That's a better way to put it. Uh, <laughs> move on. When they moved on, it was kind of like, Hey, I get it. You, uh, your, your time is done here. Um, tell me how it is on the other side. I'm going to, I'm going to keep working here and, you know, building what we built. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with books. It's like, I did my time. I, I left exactly when I needed to. And I'm excited for the guys that are going out because like, Hey, they've got some business that need to, they need to do and finish. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for them and here for support. And that's why we, um, I mean, not to keep promoting our business, but might as well. <laughs> um, but you know, me and, me, right. Right. Uh, me and Soto made a second book or second edition, uh, I guess you could say. And, um, we're going to be going to sales school and selling it to the DSLs and getting it to selling everybody some else. books to the bookseller. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the most ironic thing I've probably done is sell books to book people. Um, That's meta, bro. Right. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, I, it's it's also nice because 
I mean, I haven't had a summer in eight years because in football, mm -hmm. it's a year long sport. And they don't stop in college. Uh, no. So I haven't had a summer in eight years. So this will be my first summer. So I'm excited. I'm sure you are, man. Yeah. What, are, what are some fun plans you have? Um, you know, I'm in the process of, you know, going through and getting a not van life, but more of like a on the tr on the road sort of traveling and living in sort of like an enclosed trail. She must that be I, twenty some odd years old, living yeah. in America with access to social media. Is that is that what you're telling me? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I Dude, uh, I want to do that too. So I know, I know. I uh, no, I just I want to do art, and it's not necessarily something you have to be in one place for. So I was like, might as well if I got the time and the freedom to do it, and I got nothing holding me back. So I'm going to be doing that this summer and getting prepared Love for it. that. Um, you know, I'm going to Spain soon, so I'm excited for that. Um, what's in Spain? Uh, Spain is um, an opportunity. <laughs> I said it was an opportunity. Now I, I'm meeting a friend there, and. Uh, we're going to have a good time and we were just catching up. And so that's going to be a fun trip. Um, and then I think uh, me and Soto are going to have sort of like a company slash celebration during July 4th to celebrate the fact that we're not selling books on the 4th. And, oh, yeah, brother. and we are uh, going to go out probably somewhere out in the country and do it and have fun. So, Dude, that's awesome. And then, on August 15th through the 19th, you're coming to Cancun, um, Playa del Carmen, right? <laughs> Going to Bizzler, right? Yeah. Right? Cool. We'll see you there. That's hilarious. Um, dude, so as we wrap up your episode, we'll, we'll get into your ponytails here in a second. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, you're, you're talking about this whole like network of amazing people. Um, like we're lucky to be working with B-Design, B-Designly. Um, a couple of Estonians putting together our our website, um, okay. Oscar and Oliver. Um, Oliver himself actually stayed with me on the book field. I was his host dad for two weeks there in Omaha. Okay. And then he, then he went and stayed with uh, Andres's mom in Grand Island, Nebraska. And uh, this dude is awesome. He went from being, um, you know, active on the book field when COVID hit and kept everybody in Estonia and Europe kind of just like away from America for a minute. He went into te like tech stuff and like, you know, opening online shops and selling iPhones and stuff to Estonians through a website. And then he like got into website development. And so if you own a business and you want to have an effective present on presence online, we know that, uh, you know, you need a good website in order to drive traffic. Right. So most American website developers for like a full website, um, they charge you a 25 to $50,000 just to build everything out, integrate it with certain technology that you might have. Um, and so while you could build one, build one yourself for pretty cheap, um, the big thing our friends at VDesignly bring is expertise in integrations, right? So it's important to have a solid website that funnels all your traffic to all the places that will help your um, customer interactions improve. So let's get you in touch with Oscar, Oscar and Oliver. Um, they're great guys to, to get a good website with. So um, in addition to them, uh, we are spot, uh, sponsored by Enlight Energy. So um, Enlight Energy started to do um, with solar what Southwestern did with real estate. So okay. if you have a passion for the planet like myself, right? Um, if you have a desire to earn good money and want to work with someone like, like myself, Julio Hernandez, he's a former bookman, um, actually um, a Florida State DSM back in the day. 
Um, Julio has been awesome to work with and with our opportunity that we offer. I, I currently work with Light, right? Um, a sale every other week, every other week could earn you a six-figure income. And so we have the ability to work with people in just about every market in the U.S. Uh, plus, um, you're not even selling an additional cost with solar. Literally, all you do, my job is just to save people's money. Um, they're spending money on their utility bill. They swap it out with a cheaper solar loan-to-own finance product. Um, that is by and far cheaper um, because utilities keep getting more expensive. Solar is just kind of secured in at that lower lower rate. So that's my job. Work with me if you'd like. If not, you could work with Cardinal Senior Benefits. Um, again, these people are just really doing some great things, growing left and right. Cardinal currently has 29 book alumni. Um, and between those 29 people, they've got literally 140 years of summer book selling experience. How crazy is that? 140 summers, right? Um, so one of the main reasons those alumni even took a closer look uh, to work with Cardinals because they do, again, absolutely zero cold calling. One of the most frustrating things about dealing with sales is, you know, cold calling and rejection. So um, what they do is they have mail, uh, wesh, <laughs> fresh, warm mail-in leads. Um, and so 36 of their uh, agents over this past week grossed over uh, 3,000, 17 uh, grossed over 5,000, and then those six made over 10,000 in a week. Um, and, you know, the average time spent in the field is 25 to 35 hours. That's and awesome. so, yeah, man, uh, the reason these agents are able to make such a good income is because um, they're most of the time is spent sitting down and not actually knocking on doors to sit down. Um, so as we mentioned before, Cardinal is in growth mode looking to – double uh, production this year in 2022. So if um, the idea of making a really good ROI on your time sounds appealing, send us a message. We'll get you over to Cardinal um, for the next few weeks. You'll get a $500 referral bonus for referring yourself or a friend uh, or anyone that's hired. So yeah, um, love the the whole uh, jockeys. Those are all of our sponsors. That's what we call them, right? Um, we actually uh, give them a spotlight every other Friday at what's called the Derby meetings. So okay. it's been so awesome to get to know all these people and hear what they're up to. And um, yeah, we we worked with some pretty cool and we did work with some pretty cool people through our internship. We're all connected to them. So, dude, let's bring this network to life. And uh, yeah, Devin, maybe you could be a sponsor uh, yourself someday. Who Thanks knows? Well. So yeah. uh, I think I think it's about time to learn about this whole two three legged dog story. Right. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm, you you got me interested. You've been teasing it this whole okay, time, so. okay. Um, so uh, my first summer is when I was living with Alex Soto and, like I said, Jackson Heyman, and we uh, had a very interesting HQ uh, to kind of give more of a backstory and obviously build it up. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we had this lady from Uganda, I think, and she she had a very anal way of looking at things. You couldn't do anything in her house and. Soto was pulling pranks on her by putting like Darth Vader on her, her countertop. And she was like, that's an Oculus. You need to get that out of here. And very freaking out about it. And it was funny. <laughs> and, and we get to the breakfast spot, which is by far one of the best breakfast spots that I've ever been to. What was it called? Called Sergio's. Sergio's. Yeah. I yeah. breakfasted, a, not a Mario's, but a Mario's. Okay. And in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Uh, Sergio <laughs> sounds pretty cool. 
It was great. Um, we had like an ice old lady there every morning who we called Betty. She ate, she gave us a hug. You know, uh, the guy that was working and owned the place was named Tony. You know, out of all names, of course, it was Tony. And <laughs> we uh, did like exercises and it was July 4th. And I had a really bad July 4th. <laughs> and I, the next okay. day, I, I followed Soto. So we follow Soto and I'm in the car with him. And so this uh, was in Missouri, right? Indiana, my first summer. Okay, yeah. that first summer. Okay, yeah. clear. And so I'm following Soto. And I mean, I'm, I've kind of gotten to know the fact that the guy's kind of funny, goofy, and pretty cool. And But this was like my first real like day. I'm with him all day. And the first thing he does is pick up calls in the morning for like pump up calls. And he just starts doing some random stuff. People call him and he's like, uh, he's like trying to talk to me and get the day going. And then he just keeps getting interrupted. So he like answers the phone and he's like, you know, uh, you got to talk to people with your hat on backwards or something. And however many people you get to sit down with your hat backwards um, is who's going to win the competition. I'm going to do it too. Click. And <laughs> next person calls within five minutes of each other. And he's like, oh, fine, I'll take it. Takes it. And he's like, all right, do uh, you got to, be on a trampoline today and whoever gets the most trampolines wins. Um, sounds good. See ya. See ya. And so then he gets a third call and he's like, it's French fry Friday. Get as many French fries there are. And yeah. He's like, and you know, how many French fries you get will be the, uh, the contest. And so he so clicked, a little squirrely that morning. He's like, I yeah. don't care you know, about anything, but these people are frustrating me. So I'm just going to meet them with, Goofy contests. Okay. Goofy contest is right. And so the first door we walk up to, he balances the uh the kid's book on top of his head and approaches the the dad. And I'm over here like I the reason why I'm following this man too is because I've been taking the book field way too seriously. So this is exactly what I needed to see. And I'm just thinking, is he really about to approach? He gets in the car, he gets in the house, and then they buy. And I'm over here just kind of scratching my head. I'm like, he he just balanced a book on his head. And, you know, I'm a first year, so I, I'm still kind of naive to the whole idea that you can just do whatever at the door and get him laughing. He gets around and have fun. <laughs> um, and so we get to some other houses. And then the next two goal periods, we have three or four different fam, not sorry, not families, three or four different guys and girls that sit down with Soto, even though he's told them that I'm here to sell kid books. And that I'm here for families and asked if they were the mom or dad of the house. And, and he gets none of them the, had kids, huh? None of them had kids. <laughs> none of them had kids. And he just like slams his book on the ground. He's like, Why didn't you tell me you didn't have kids? And they're just like, Well, you seemed like a really cool guy. Like, I really <laughs> want to talk to you. <laughs> hey, he is a cool guy. That's awesome. <laughs> he is. And so the reason I'm bringing up all these stories is because the day is just very weird. And we get to this one house and there's like all these beetles. Like it, it's like a something from Exodus and from the Bible where there's like a bunch of beetles attacking oh, us and insects. They're talking about like Ringo and um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Paul McCartney came out of nowhere and, you know, <laughs> tapped us with it. No, um, there's all these weird bugs just attacking us. Gross. And so we leave and we're like, what the heck was that? And then we get to uh, this the house where it's just in the middle of nowhere. And we walk up and he knocks on the door, no answer. And then all of a sudden, some farmer from 50 yards away yells at us and goes, hey, 
And so he yells back, like, what's up? And he goes, they're not home. And so Soto, just being Soto, just like, let me continue this conversation with a shout. And he goes, well, where are they? And he goes, they're dead. (laughs) And so it was, uh, so he goes, okay. And then we leave. And um, (laughs) we're just, we're over here just kind of thinking and looking at each other. Cause he's like, this is a weird day. And I'm like, no, this is the weirdest day by far. No, we're not even, we're not even at the the peak weirdness. Exactly. So this is, this is where we get to the peak weirdness of the story. And we get to that, we get to the house and, we're walking up and um, a three-legged dog just walks up to us and we're like, oh, okay, three-legged dog. We've seen that before. And, you know, <laughs> 10 seconds later, another three-legged dog walked up and we just go, what the? And looked at each other, start busting out laughing in the middle of the front door. <laughs> the owner walks out and is looking at two college guys just laughing their ass off in the front of his house for no reason. And he, he tells, ask Soto, Soto does his approach and tries to explain what he's doing, but he, it's obvious that there's no point. So he just cuts it off and goes, okay, I got to ask, why do you have two three-legged dogs? And the guy goes, oh, you know, one of them, you know, was born that way. And the other one got caught in the fence. So we had to surgically remove it. And as I've said before, Soto is Soto. And he just goes, oh, I, I thought you felt bad for one of them. So you just cut his leg off. <laughs> uh, and the guy did not think it was funny at all, but I did. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we, we left. And uh, that was kind of like, that was like sort of like the beginning of a friendship and partnership. Yeah. And we, um, you know, when we worked together the second year, we, uh, you know, got even better at becoming great at working with each other and friends. And then we uh, we weren't working with each other or we'd, we it didn't look like we were going to work with each other the third summer just because that's not common to oh well again together. Right. And so um, we had been talking about like, hey, like, you know, we just want to make sure we have fun for our last summer because he knew it was his last summer. Mm. And that's the one thing that we want to take away from the summer is that at least, you know, at the end we had fun because that's all that's talked about at times is like, stop focusing on units, focus on having fun. It's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, And so the reason why we were doing that is because at the beginning of the day, when he's talking about French fries and trampoline, you know, that's when I kind of told him, I was like, why don't we come up with like a daily book? where we just get the chance to kind of come up with funny ideas and just do different things. And we can also put like an alumni story because this today was like, a or that day that we met was a crazy, you know, ass day. We could just put a bunch of crazy ass days together and kind of do that. And it was funny because he didn't really think we were, he was like, Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And then I started, I started emailing the guy that does the publishing Travis Rader on getting a book for us and getting a quote. And then I come back to Soto. I'm like, Hey, here's a logo. And I, I gave him the logo for her book that I just like really quickly clipped some images of some dogs that were three legs and like a silhouette of it and put two, three legged dogs. And I was like, Hey, Travis has a quote for us. And he just goes, huh? Okay, so <laughs> we're doing this, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Publishing a book, let's Why go. Not? 
why not? Um, so yeah. And then we threw it when we even put this on the book thrown together by Devin Pugsley and Alex Soto, not by us because that's hilarious. It was thrown together within a oh, month, yeah. about a month and a half, two months that we threw it all together. But you know, we tag teamed it and killed it and it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And for anybody curious about this book, check out our Halloween episode for some excerpts. But, uh, for those wanting a copy of this book, how can they get it from you, Devin? So um, you can either message us on the Instagram that um, you know that you guys will provide right there, and or two, you three-legged dog. Spelling yep. it out for our listeners, it is the word two t w o three underscore legged dogs yep. on Instagram. So you can message that, um, or you can contact anybody from Eagle Blitz. They have our number if you really want to get us through there. Um, but we'll be at sales school if you're still selling books, which most of these people are alumni. But, uh, you know, the people that are listening will be there to uh, just uh, sell to some of the DSLs. But, you know, yeah, we've got all of Eagle Blitz, you know, reading it again this year and having one and a copy. And uh, we've got another 20 people that have bought some books. So they're $11 a piece. They're, it's not really something that's not a money maker, but it's something that we just really enjoyed. And, you know, we you knew me this isn't one of those like $120, $200 books with uh all the all of the subjects from k through 12 yeah. and it comes with a website too and oh. you know we're gonna have oh. someone with virtual reality come out and oh. with a three-legged dog yeah no it's awesome it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah bring bring the whole book to life with a website why not right mm -hmm. virtual reality dude that's so cool it must feel uh, pretty awesome i mean i remember alex saying that you were the one who's like i'm getting this book out there it doesn't matter what's going on uh, I love hearing the story of it, man. And, um, you know, you're, you're cementing a legacy of sorts of just, Hey, this is what the book field is for. It's just having fun. Um, I remember Todd McWhorter and some other top producers being like, if you sell 200 units and you have fun way better than if you sell, you know, in a week, you know, it's way better than if you sell like a thousand, 2000 units and you're miserable because you're stressing out about this, that, and the other thing. So, um, you know, I love that you're really getting that out there. It was really fun to read from some of those stories um, back on the podcast, uh, you know, on Halloween. So thank you for gracing us here today. Yeah, um, thank any you. final words for the book audience, um, in attendance here today? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, the only thing I would say is it still works. My dad still uses the, the techniques and tools to his business today. And, he uses it 30 years later and it's helped him grow his business. It's helping me grow my business. So it works. It still works. So. Heck yeah, it does, man. Cool. Well, uh, speaking of still working, um, we are still running as a, as a podcast. Um, uh, you're our final episode for the month of April. Thank you for that. Um, here upcoming on the first, uh, we've got Sasha Kavalova, um, who's a Latvian, who's chiming in. You know Sasha by chance? I know Sasha. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't met her yet. So I'm excited to meet someone from, you know, the other side of the world through a podcast or whatever. Pretty excited for that. Uh, we've got Pedro Vega, huge name in the business. I've uh, spent many years building a DSM base out of Texas A&M. And uh, we're excited to have Pedro on on his birthday. Um, so he's working with Cardinal Senior Benefits. But on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, uh, he's going <laughs> to come in and, and drop some knowledge. Uh, he's a wise soul and uh, you know, his, his family actually as well. Um, so he and some of his Cardinal senior benefits agents that he works with have wives that all sold books. 
So for Mother's wow. Day, we're going to record a panel of them. Um, not on Mother's Day. We're going live on Mother's Day with uh, Jessica Lackey, um, uh, now uh, Jessica Roberts, and uh, Melinda Vega, and you know some of these other um, book people, book ladies connected to Cardinal Senior Benefits. And then after that, we've got you know like Christy Skalski, Adam Liebler, uh, Amber Lee Kessler, um, Joni Bickneys, and there's some really cool names, um, really cool stories that we're excited to, to share here. Um, on the podcast. So if this, again, is your first time tuning in, um, you know, stick around. Uh, we've got plenty of not just conversations to happen on a podcast, but really cool perks that come from supporting the podcast. Our website is here about to go live soon. And of course, we got, you know, cool parties in, you know, southern parts of the world um, where it's nice and warm. So uh, let's all hang out together. Let's all, uh, you know, make use of this college internship network that we you know, kind of are a part of a little bit. Even if we're not, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to have people join in the fun. So um, this is Nick Tiverti, uh, co-host of the Ponytails podcast with Devin Pugsley, signing out.